to a couple different places tonight, and you might want to write these verses down. I don't think they're in your outline, but Proverbs chapter 16 and 1 Timothy chapter 6. I know we will get to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I don't think that I have uh, Proverbs 16 verse 8, which is what we're going to get to, um, listed in there. So, um, gambling tonight, that's what we're going to talk about, what we believe and why we believe it. And of course, I think everybody would say that they don't believe that gambling is, is right. But most people don't know, especially with a topic like this, why gambling is wrong. And of, and of course, the Bible is, is our number one authority. There's plenty of verses in the Bible that talk about it. There's also a lot of practical reasons that gambling is wrong, and so we're going to talk about those tonight. But by way of introduction, in fact, let's look at uh, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 8. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. Now, there's a, there's a lot of different ways that that verse can be taken. Uh, you can be poor and righteous, and that's better than being wealthy and not righteous, um, but I think you can certainly apply this to playing the lottery or, or you know, gambling and things like that. And, and, and honestly, First um, uh, Timothy chapter 6, we're going to get to in, in just a little bit. But let me give you some definitions here by way of introduction. We're going to talk about these in, in detail uh, with these different aspects of the things that we're going to look at. But let's look at, at gambling. What is the definition of gambling? Number one, gambling is taking an artificial risk for hope of excessive gain far beyond what the investment of time, money, or skill would justify. And I think that's going to be, uh, as we go through this, I, I hope this will come out uh, to you. Um, but I, I, that's the main problem with gambling, is the desire to be rich. And, oh, oh I'm not trying to get rich gambling. You know, if I could just, you know, who, who plays the lottery so that they can have a, you know, $20,000 car, and a little $120,000 house, you know. Nobody plays the lottery for that. They want to go be the millionaire. They want to have the fancy cars and the nice house and, you know, the, the fast lifestyle and all that. So that's why they're playing the lottery. You know, they don't want to win $5,000. They want to win $5 million or $5 billion, you know. That's why you, you know this is true, though, too. And, and maybe you see it in, in the places where you work and stuff. But um, as the lottery starts to go up or as the jackpot starts to go up, many, many, many more people start buying into the lottery. And I don't know if you remember this. I think it was last summer. The lottery got, up to, got up to like $500 million or maybe up to $600 million or something like that. And the lines were wrapped around the outside of these stores. People were trying to buy these lottery tickets. I mean, they don't realize that as the jackpot goes up, their chances of winning that thing goes way, way, way down. And I don't think I have it in here, but, but do you know that your chances of getting struck by lightning seven times are better than winning the lottery once. I mean, how many people do you know that's ever been struck by lightning one time? You know, But you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning seven times than winning the lottery once. But people play these odds, you know? And why is it? Why, why are they, why when the jackpot goes up to $500 million, are they going to start playing it? Or buy more tickets than they normally would play it? It's because they want to get rich. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about here. A gamble is a transaction whereby your gain is someone else's loss or vice versa. Number two, in gambling, uh, the willingness to take a risk is twisted by the desire to get something for nothing. The gain of the winner is always at the expense of someone else. Um, it's, it's parasitic. It produces no personal growth. It's, it achieves no social good. See, gambling is not acting on faith, um, which is the way that we're supposed to live our lives. 
But gambling is also, take, it's, it's just taking a risk. And okay, we're going to talk about some of these things, some of the under the controversial passages or controversial views. Well, what about the stock market? Isn't that taking a risk? It is, but we're going to talk about that as we get a little bit closer. Uh, there are four parts to gambling. Number one is an artificial risk, which we just mentioned. There's a lot of risks in life that are necessary to take. When you gamble, you're creating a risk of your own choosing. Um, if you're going to venture out in business, that's a risk. Um, but it's a necessary risk. If you're going to make an investment, um, that's a risk, but it's a necessary risk. And there's, there's lots of other necessary risks. I mean, if we go through our entire life without ever taking a risk, we're never going to be anything successful. Uh, you have to take risks. But this is, a, this is a risk that you are creating of your own choosing that's not a necessary risk. Here's the second part of gambling, and that is a selfish goal. And nobody that plays the lottery, nobody that goes, you know, to these casinos, nobody that, you know, plays blackjack or whatever in a back room of some place can say that their goal is not selfish. The basic objective of the gambler is not to improve society. That's the way that the lottery tries to make you think uh, you're playing the lottery for. Um, and maybe some people fall prey to that. But, you know, even when you buy a lottery ticket from the state, the basic goal of somebody who is gambling is to win millions of dollars, to get it rich quick, to hit it big, to have that wealthy lifestyle for nothing other than buying a dollar ticket or you know, putting a few dollars in here or there. It's, it's, it's a selfish goal. Here's the third thing about uh, the third part of gambling, and that is there is no productive byproduct or social betterment. An investment is a good benefit to others. And that's why, okay, yes, an investment is a risk. Can you lose all the money that you put in an investment? Yes, you can. But it's a betterment to somebody else. You are investing in somebody else's company. You're investing in helping them make their progress in something. Um, and yes, you get a return on your investment, and that's, that's wise to be able to get a return. Um, but with gambling, um, it's, it, you know, a gambler achieves no social good. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. The fourth part of gambling is that it's a gain at someone else's expense. Um, in an investment, everybody can gain. The guy that put the money in, he can get that money back with interest. The guy that he put the money in for can also gain from that because now his business is doing well and so on. Um, but in betting or gambling, the odds are carefully stacked so that there's a whole lot more losers than there are winners. And in a, in a case where there's a $500 million jackpot, you have one winner and millions and millions and millions of losers. And it's stacked that way on purpose, right? The casinos don't want to start a casino so that they can lose money. And I can tell you this, they're not losing money. Those people who are going in there and playing the, you know, the lottery machines and the slot machines and all that stuff, they might hit a jackpot every day. Oh, look at this. I won $1,000. But they probably put $5,000 in there up to that point to win their $1,000 back and hit it big, you know. Uh, it's stacked. It's stacked against the players. It's, the house is always going to win. So uh, gambling is always a gain at somebody else's expense. So let's talk then why I am against gambling, and hopefully you can agree with me by the time we get done, to this, done with this. And the first one is, is obviously that the Bible is opposed to gambling. And I want you to look at with these verses. We don't have a lot of verses to look at tonight, so I would like you to look at these verses with me. Um, we'll skip Exodus 20, verse 17. I'll read that to you in a second, but turn over to Proverbs 28. Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. What is Exodus chapter 20 chronicle? Do you remember? Somebody said it. The Ten Commandments. That's right. 
And Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, is one of those Ten Commandments, and it says, Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not covet. Those who are playing the lottery, those who are gambling, are coveting that million-dollar jackpot. And there's a lot of ways that we can covet. I'm not saying that somebody who's gambling is the only one who's coveting. But that's a pretty good argument for why we shouldn't play the lottery, right? That's a pretty good argument for why we shouldn't gamble. When we are playing the lottery, we are coveting that money. We're coveting all the things that we could buy with that money. But here's another one, Proverbs 28 and verse 8. He that by usury and unjust gain increaseth his substance, he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. And obviously, you know, the book of Proverbs is, is the book of wisdom. It's filled with these books of, it's filled with these, um, these wise things. But you're gaining, increasing your substance in an unjust way. He shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. There's another one in just a couple verses later in that chapter, in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse number 20. Later on in that verse, he said, He that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. This is what we're, that's what we're talking about. That's exactly what the lottery is. You're trying to get rich quick, and there is no, uh, I mean, it happens. Obviously, people win the lottery, but the Bible very clearly says that, that you shall not be innocent. He that maketh haste to be rich, trying to get rich quick. That's what he's talking about. Maketh haste to be rich is talking about getting rich quick, and the Bible says he shall not be innocent. Isaiah chapter 10, turn over there. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse number 1. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse number 1. Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees, and that write grievousness which they have prescribed, to turn aside the needy from judgment, to take away the right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the fatherless. Boy, if that does not, I mean, obviously the Bible was not talking about the lottery specifically, but that's exactly what the lottery is. A lottery is a tax on poor people. That's exactly what it is, because it's the poor people that play the lottery, hoping to hit it, hit it, hit it big and get rich. And, and look what he says here. And that's exactly, I mean, this legalized gambling, um, the, the state-funded lottery, all of these things, exactly what they've done is, woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees, that write grievousness, which they have prescribed, to turn aside the needy from judgment, to take away the right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the fatherless. That's essentially exactly what the lottery is doing. Now, let's look at one more, and I think this is probably, um, I think we could argue that this is probably the best basis for a reason not to gamble. But 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I have down verse 9 and 10 there, but I want to start all the way back in verse number 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Those who are playing the lottery are not content, and that's why they're playing the lottery. Now, Oh, well, what about people who are going out there and trying to get more money and, and trying to work harder to, you know, or trying to get a better job and all this thing? It's completely different. Now, obviously, you can still be non, you know, you can still not be content um, and you can still be wanting more. And that's why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. I mean, that fits into any aspect of our life. But think about this in the aspect of gambling, all right, and playing the lottery and trying to get rich through the lottery. Verse 7, for we brought nothing into this world and it's certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. 
For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Boy, all you got to do, because it's, it's, a, it's a famous, popular thing, is go on to Google and search past lottery winners. And you'll find story after story after story of people who hit it big and said, I wish I'd never won. I wish that I had never bought that first ticket. I wish that I never won those millions of dollars. Because when they win that, their life turns into just this miserable wreck. Now, obviously, there's some who win it and are able to keep their heads straight and everything else. It's possible that it's, that, that's done. But the people that the lottery is targeting and the people who play the lottery for the most part are not wise with their money in the first place. That's why they're playing the lottery. But then you see what these, what these lottery winnings do to them. And they say, you know, it turns families against each other. Their families are destroyed and their friends are only their friends because they got this money. And I mean, you go on there and you can, you can just read one story after another of lives that have been destroyed. Why? Because of the love of money. That's exactly what it is. No, the Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. People say that often. Oh, money's the root of all evil. No, it doesn't say that. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. You can have money, but if money has you, that's when it becomes a sin. And that's exactly what happens when people who play the lottery are getting into. Money has them, and they can't get enough of it, and they want to get rich quick. And so the Bible is very clear. I think, I think 1 Timothy chapter 6, if that's the only verse that we had, the only verses that we had, uh, it would be enough to say that gambling and, and playing the lottery is wrong. We have some of these others that talk about it as well. But let me give you some other reasons why. Number two, capital letter B in your outline, gambling is dishonest. Gambling is dishonest. The basic principle of all honest dealings between men, between people, is that business transactions promote mutual advantages, right? You give me this, I'll give you that, all right? You do a product. Brother Bill's going to go out and paint somebody's house. All right, you give me $500, I'll paint your house. It's a mutual agreement, right? Both of you win. Bill gets the money, they get their house painted. Uh, when that does not occur, we say somebody's guilty of cheating, right? Bill says, you give me $500, I'll paint your house. They give him $500 and he skips town. He's cheating people, right? It's not a mutual advantage. Bill got, got, he got the advantage because he got $500 and then they got nothing out of it. The art of gambling was never intended to make two people rich. Somebody is always getting poor by somebody else getting rich. There is no other way around it. And okay, maybe you, you know, well, you, you got plenty of money. You can go play the lottery, but you're still losing money. It's never intended for two people to gain an advantage. So there's cheating in there somewhere. The only difference, the only difference between the motive of a robber and the motive of a gambler is that one proposes to rob someone with their consent and the other robs them whether they consent or not. Gambling's dishonest. Here's the third thing. Gambling degrades the gambler. Gambling degrades the gambler. There's a loss of self-respect. That's number one. Those who do it feel guilty, and it weighs upon their conscience. And it's getting more and more common today, so maybe it's getting less and less of a, of a burden on their conscience. But there's a lot of people who know that they have a gambling problem and want to get rid of it. I mean, look, that's exactly the reason why, you know, uh, you hear anytime there's an advertisement on the radio or the TV for, for a casino or gambling of some sort or playing the lottery, gambling problem, call 1-800-whatever-the-number is, right? Because people know that they have a gambling problem and it weighs on their conscience. Uh, it degrades the gambler. James Garfield, obviously a, a former president of the United States, said this, 
I do not much care about what others think and say about me, but there's one man's opinion about me which I very much value. That is the opinion of James Garfield. Others, I need not think about. I can get away from them, but I have to be with him all the time. He's with me when I rise up and when I lie down, when I eat and talk, when I go out and come in. It makes all the difference between happiness and misery as to whether or not he thinks well of me. And that's exactly what happens in gambling. Gambling degrades the gambler. Those who are gambling know that that is something that they should not be doing. Which is why, you know, many times, even in places where it's semi-legal, they're always in a back room, right? Uh, because they know that's something that they shouldn't be doing. And, you know, and, and this is proof because if, if you know, if uh, somebody out in the world, somebody that you work with found out that you gambled, they would, they would be all over you. Oh, what are you doing gambling? You're not supposed to gamble because they know that you're not supposed to do it. And it degrades the gambler. There's a loss. There's a loss of self-respect. But number two, there comes the condemnation of society. There comes the condemnation of society. Uh, society condemns the behavior of a gambler, just like it condemns the behavior of a drunkard or, uh, you know, somebody who smokes pot or something like that. Gambling, gambling um, brings on the condemnation of society. Uh, and the third thing is this, there's the degrading of the family that he represents. There's a father, there's a mother, there's a wife, there's kids who, who are left dangling in the wind when somebody's gambling. And it degrades their family as well. And I'm saying uh, our, our world is changing. And so, you know, things that used to be considered uh, things that you didn't talk about because they were wicked sins are now out in public and they're out in the open and people don't feel bad about them anymore. So these things are changing, but, um, you know, it should be that way. And, and if people are honest, they know that that's the truth, that it degrades uh, the gambler. Now, here's another thing. The fourth thing why I'm against gambling is gambling dethrones reason. Gambling dethrones reason. Someone said this, and this is number one, no keen mind can long survive the strain of such excitement with the alternation of success and failure. Now, um, and, and, and this is the same thing. I mean, this is true. You know, many people who get into big-time debts gambling end up losing it. They go off the deep end. They go crazy because, because the, the thrill of winning it big and then the, the agony of losing it all overnight and, and then winning it big and losing it all. I mean, these professional gamblers especially, you know, I mean, your mind can't handle that. And it, it literally drives them over the edge. It drives them crazy. Now, I love, I love true crime, and I suppose that's maybe why, you know, what, what draws me to the police and all of that stuff. But, you know, you hear stories so many times it, where, where somebody gets murdered in a family, and many times, and I'm not going to say obviously there's lots of different reasons why somebody murders somebody else, but a lot of times what happens is, uh, and mostly it's the husband who murdered the wife, uh, but a lot of times the reason is he got big time into gambling and ran up a lot of gambling debts, and his wife is about to find out what he's been doing. And he can't handle it because he's, every, he's about to lose everything. Uh, he's leveraged his house. He's leveraged his car. He's leveraged everything else. And he realizes that he's about to, all of these things are about to come uh, full circle on his own family. And they're going to be out of everything too. So what's the best way to do it? Kill her. Kill yourself. You know? uh, and that happens a lot. It happens a lot more than you'd think that it happens. Um, but that's... What's that? Life insurance, too. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly another reason. I've got these millions and millions of dollars in gambling debt, and my wife's got a million-dollar life insurance policy. She's gone, <laughs> you know. And that, I mean, it happens. It happens way more than you think it does. And, um, 
And that's why I say that, that gambling uh, dethrones reason. The numbers of those who commit suicide because of gambling debts is astonishing. And, um, you know, it's not always the motive. It's not always brought out and made public, but, but there's many, many times. And I, won't, I don't even know a percentage, but, but, but if I had to guess, maybe 25% of the time, somebody who commits suicide, it's because they, they ran up all these debts gambling and they had no way to repay it. Um, and, and it just, that's, that's just what happens. So uh, gambling dethrones reason. Number five, capital letter E, gambling dethrones God. Gambling dethrones God. There is no business that more absolutely despises God's law than gambling. Um, number, number one, there's no institution in which God's name is more often blasphemed than in a gambling hall. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why for the longest time gambling, I mean, look, gambling halls are still illegal, right, for the most part. Now, they're, they're becoming legalized more and more in more of these states, but there was a reason why gambling always had to be offshore, right? Uh, they didn't want that, the sin and the corruption and everything else that comes with gambling, which is, is very extensive in those, in those inst- in instances, in those institutions. But, I mean, it, it's, it's almost a joke. You know, <laughs> up in Michigan City, Indiana, right where we grew up, they decided that they were going to build a casino, but casinos were illegal to be on land, so they had to be offshore. So you know what they did? They built a tiny little canal and built this huge boat in this canal, and they pull away like 10 feet from the shore, <laughs> and then they pull back 10 feet when, they're, when, when the night's over or whatever else, you know? I mean, so it's, it's uh, almost a joke, but, but, the, but the principle behind it is still there. People know that these gambling halls are wicked places, and they know that these gambling halls provide so much um, debauchery that they didn't want it. All right, if you're going to do it, fine, but just go offshore and do it so nobody else can see what's going on. Um, and it, d- it just dethrones God. Gambling to gain money takes away all the trust that should be placed in God for our sustenance. In essence, it's saying that since God can't care for me, then, he, then I've got to resort to gambling, right? God can't take care of me, so I've got to go play the lottery. I don't have enough faith to believe that God can take care of me. And obviously, most of the people who are doing this, and I'm not, you know, I'm not stereotyping, but most of the people who are doing this are not saved, so they don't care what they're doing to God anyway. But that's why it makes it, that's why it, makes it even more... Uh, reprehensible for a Christian to be involved in gambling and playing the lottery and everything else. Essentially, you're saying, I can't trust God enough to take care of me, so I've got to go play the lottery. Well, hey, let me, let's talk about some controversial passages or views then. And one thing that somebody says, well, what about buying insurance? Isn't that a gamble? You're spending all kinds of money to, to pay for insurance, and you may never have to use it. What if you, you know, what happens if by the, by the time you get to the end of your life, you've paid thousands and thousands and thousands in car insurance. What if you've never had an accident and never had to use it? Paid all this money in medical insurance. What if you never have any issues and never have to use it? Isn't that gambling? Well, when you gamble, you try, this is number one, you try to exploit chance. You hope that you're the only lucky one. That's what gambling is all about. Because if you're not the only lucky one, you don't win anything or you win very low amounts of money. Uh, when you buy insurance, number two, you're trying to eliminate the problems that are caused by what's unpredictable. You share the burden of those who are unfortunate. And, and essentially, insurance is, is very helpful for other people. You know, if everybody in here paid $50 a month to, to pay for insurance in case there happened to be an accident in the parking lot here, 
And we all paid into that month after month after month. And finally, somebody had an accident. Well, now we have enough money to pay for that person's car to be fixed. Essentially, we are all helping that person to pay for something unlucky, if you want to call it that, that happened to them. And so insurance is completely different than, than gambling. Gambling, you are exploiting chance. Insurance, you're trying to eliminate problems by, you know, that are caused by what's unpredictable. On top of that, number three, when you gamble, you try to forget about the law of averages. When you buy insurance, you're made well aware of the probabilities, right? The law of averages when you gamble is very, very low. Uh, the chances that you're going to win. And part of the law is that they have to tell you the chances. If you, if you actually read the chances of winning something in the lottery, it's like one in you know, however many millions of people uh, or one in however many millions of chances. So when you gamble, try to forget about the law of averages. When you buy insurance, you know about those probabilities. Here's number four. When you gamble, you're personally choosing to take an unnecessary risk. When you buy insurance, you do so. You're buying insurance, realizing that life is full of necessary risks and that by purchasing a policy, you can spread the burden of risk over a large company of people, which is, you know, you've heard of these um, MetaShare and um, some of these other Bible-based programs where you pay into it. And, and let's say uh, somebody who is also part of MetaShare gets cancer. And instead of paying into this company, everybody's sending their check to that particular person. You're, you are bearing the burden of a large group of people. You're spreading the burden of that risk over a large group of people. So um, to, say that, to say that buying insurance is gambling is, is a completely different, um, completely different topic, we could say, than uh, gambling. Gambling is an unnecessary risk. Insurance is a necessary risk. That's what it comes down to. Well, what about the stock market? Uh, that's another one that, that people like to, oh, well, if you're, gonna, if you're, gonna, you know, if you're going to uh, invest in the stock market, then you're gambling too. Well, number one, the stock market is an investment hoping for a reasonable gain. Do some people make it big in the stock market and make millions and millions of dollars? Absolutely, they do. But the, most, the majority of people who put money in the stock market are, are making, what, 3, 4, 5, 6% return on their, on their investment? They're not trying to get rich. Most people are investing in the stock market as a way to put away money for retirement, right? Lots of your companies have 401ks and those kind of things. That's, that's a reasonable investment for a reasonable return. You're not, you're not putting this in there hoping that someday your investment's going to go up to $10 million. You know that for the, I mean, there's probably not much of a chance that that's ever going to happen. You're not doing it for those reasons. You're doing it for a reasonable, uh, a reasonable gain. Uh, in our society, this is number two, it's necessary to have a stock exchange to buy and sell securities. And I don't have time to get into all of the, you know, and, and, and there's a lot to the stock market. My dad did the stock market for a little while, so I, I got to know it just at least a little bit of what happens. But um, the investor tries to assess the economic prospects of various investments and after investigation makes his decision and buys the stock. It takes a lot of learning. It takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of work to be good at predicting the right investments. You're not throwing chance to the wind and hoping that you get lucky. You're studying these things and you're doing these things with the intention of knowing exactly what you're getting into. And it takes work. It takes study. It takes practice. It takes, you know, mistakes here and there. But it's, it's work. You're not getting something for nothing, but then on the other hand, buying and selling the stocks and trading securities and all that stuff is not just a, an oversized gambling market. It's, it's actually helping those industries 
tremendously. If there was no such things as stocks and bonds, there would be a lot of industries that would never make it. And so those are absolutely necessary for those things. In our society, we have to have that to buy and sell those securities. To learn how and when to buy and sell those securities, you've got to do a lot of work. You've got to do a lot of research. You've got to take a lot of time to, to, to figure these things out. So you are working for the money that you're getting. Even if some of them happen to be multi-multi-millionaires because they figured the stock market out, they still did the work. They still put in the time. They still invested all of these things that made it worth it. So the money that he has invested, this is number three, goes to industry in order to produce more goods or services for the betterment of society. And, it, and the stock market kind of works the same way that, that you investing in a company would, right? You buy stocks in that company. The company is using that capital. They're using that money to buy more products so that they can, you know, make more money on those products. And the more successful they are because you're investing their, your money in their company, the more successful you'll be. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not telling you things that you don't know, but, you know, let's just say you bought stocks in Walmart when it was $25 a share. And Walmart needed that money because they, um, you know, they're starting to get a little bit bigger and now they need another warehouse and they need another production place. And, but they don't have the money to go do those things, so they get an investor. An investor says, all right, I'll buy 50 shares at $25 and, you know, they, they pay that amount of money. Walmart takes that money, uses that to go buy the warehouse and buy the production equipment and all of those kind of things. Now Walmart starts start selling a whole lot more product because they have these other things and the share value goes up, you return it and you, you, can, you can sell those shares and make the money off of it. But everybody is winning in that case. You're winning because you're getting your money back plus interest. Walmart's winning because you're you know, they're being able to use that money that you invested and so on. So in the case of the stock market, it, it kind of goes the same way. Everybody wins. Now, sometimes things don't go so well. Walmart invested way too much money or, or started investing in the wrong product that nobody wants to buy and it goes south. Well, that's, that's, that's a risk that you take, but it's a necessary risk. Um, so of course, you know, there can be speculative stocks, number four, with high risk attached to them. If you speculate on them with the sole purpose of making a killing for yourself, it would certainly be gambling. So can you say that the stock market is gambling? In a way, yes. Um, if you're investing in these high-risk, low-reward stocks and, or, or, or you know, low-risk, high-risk, uh, um, uh, high low-reward stocks where there's a good chance you're not going to make it or there's a good chance that it's not going to win, but if you win, you're going to win big, then then uh, that certainly would be gambling. Well, here's another one that people say, what about casting lots in the Bible? Um, and you find casting lots is found in a lot of different passages. We're not going to go look at each one of these passages. You can go back there and read through those things yourself if you want to. Uh, but in each case, and this is why we say that casting lots is not gambling, casting lots was either commanded by God or it was used by evil men for corrupt purposes. And in the case of Haman, we can see that that's what he used. Haman cast lots. Proverbs 16, verse 33, says this, The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. Well, obviously, we're not casting lots today. God doesn't command us to cast lots. God used that for his purposes, however he wanted to use that for his purposes back in the Bible time, right? I mean, how did casting lots always end up being what God wanted it to be? They cast lots, and it fell on Jonah. And they threw him overboard, you know. Uh, God told them to cast lots in this case, and it landed on the exact one that, they, that God wanted for it to be. 
Well, God used that casting lots. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. So you're casting lots, but God is determining the outcome of those lots being cast because that's what he's trying to use to accomplish his purpose. So casting lots was not a, a form of gambling at all. It was never used, this is number two, for financial gain or for gambling. When the soldiers cast lots for Christ's garments, none of them stood to lose anything because they didn't bet anything. Uh, one stood to gain by winning, but it was not at the expense of others. So you can't even say that casting lots was gambling even in those cases. Um, but casting lots in the Bible was never used for financial gain. It was always used to determine the outcome of some specific thing, and it was determined by God. The outcome was always determined by God. So casting lots has nothing to do with gambling. Uh, th another thing that people say often is, what about playing the state lottery? Doesn't that help give extra revenue for the state? Well, that's the way the state wants you to think that it is. Well, we're using this money to go to education. So when you're playing the lottery, and that's how they advertise it. You see it on TV. You see it in, you know, whatever else. Play the lottery and help, help these schools, you know. You're helping these schools when you play the lottery. Well, number one, lottery is a tax to hurt the poor. It's, it's an established fact, and I don't even have to go into percentages and all this other thing, but it's an established fact that the lottery appeals to poor people. Those who purchase lottery tickets lack the self-control to spend money on things that they need, like groceries, because they're trying to get rich by playing the lottery um, and, you know, there's tr and spending loads of money to do it. And so really, playing the lottery is a tax on poor people. Um, but here's the second thing that we can say is that the presence of legal gambling increases illegal gambling. Um, the government involvement in the liquor industry was, was started the same way. They didn't want moonshiners because they weren't getting any tax revenue from it. And, and you know, oh, it was great when they had prohibition and you couldn't, you know, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't produce liquor and all this stuff. And, and maybe their, their thought behind that was, well, liquor is not good and everything else. And, and that might have been some of the reason that they did it. But the problem was there was all these moonshiners that were making liquor and they couldn't make any money off of it. So the state said, fine, you can't have it at all. If we can't get money from it, then you can't have it. Well, obviously, then that, that just drove everything underground. They made it illegal. They didn't care how many people were hurt by it as long as they were generating taxes from the sales of, uh, of liquor. And they're trying to legalize gambling in order to put um, illegal gamblers out of business. But what's, what happens when those kind of things, when they do those things, is that legal gambling is going to grow upon the general population until they're completely ensnared by it until they're addicted to gambling. It draws them to more gambling, and then they'll become trained to do it, and then they'll kind of continue to do it whether it's legal or illegal. And that's exactly what you have happening. I mean, gambling happens everywhere. I, I, I mean, take, take, for example, you know, the Old West. You know? There was always these gambling halls and everything else. Um, Wyatt Earp, you know, he was you know, this, this old 50s, I think it was done in the 50s, uh, Wyatt Earp show, you know, he was always busting into these saloons and breaking these, you know, breaking into the back room and here's this gambling game going on. He starts shooting everything up and kicking them out of there and all that stuff, right? I mean, that's been going on for generations because where you have illegal, you know, where gambling is illegal, uh, where gambling is legal and, and in certain instances they were allowed to play cards and everything else, where gambling was legal, there was going to be a whole lot more illegal gambling going on. And the same thing is true. I mean, the same thing is true today. You know, when you allow legal betting on, on horses and things like that, there's all kinds of illegal gambling going on at the same time. Um, so, so, you know, 
playing the lottery, um, the presence of legal gambling increases illegal gambling. But here's another one. Uh, playing the lottery becomes as addictive as narcotics. That's one of the reasons why, you know, I mentioned this already, but every radio or TV ad that is, that is you know, promoting some kind of gambling has to say, legally they have to say, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-whatever-the-number-is, you know. Uh, and that's why, because playing the lottery becomes as addictive as narcotics. And it works both ways. You start losing, 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 losing. Well, my luck's got to turn at some point. I'm going to win at some point, right? And then when they start winning, man, I've got this run of luck. I've got to keep playing it. And it, it just be, it becomes addictive to the point where they cannot stop playing. And they run themselves into millions of dollars in debt. And that's when crime and everything else happens because of it. Because it becomes just as addictive as narcotics. Uh, here's another one, number four. It takes money from one vendor and gives it to another. But it's not generating revenue. It takes money out of the economy. Um, and that's so what we're talking about is playing the state lottery. Well, aren't we helping out the schools? No, it's taking money out of the economy and giving it to these different organizations and everything else. But during, during one period where statistics were kept, when the lottery was introduced to a state, retail sales dropped dramatically. Because what's happening is people were spending on money on lottery that should have gone toward clothing and toward things that they actually needed. And that's what I'm saying. When you start, okay, it's not, it's not generating money. It's taking it out of something else. So money that should be going to the grocery stores for food and money that should be going to these retail stores for clothes and everything else is now going to the schools through the lottery, but it's not generating money. It's taking money out of the economy that would be funding all these other industries that actually need that money to, to continue on. So here's number five. Lottery is not an important function of the government. We don't have to have it. Turns out that the government... Um, it turns the government into an exploiter of the people rather than a protector of the people. Because here you are supposed to be helping the poor, and isn't that what they always claim that they're doing? And essentially, by doing the lottery, they're hurting the poor. They're exploiting the poor instead of actually um, you know, helping them out, instead of being their protector. Here's another one, and this, this turns into a biblical principle as well, but lottery changes the biblical work ethic. God says in 2, Corinthians, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. The government is essentially saying, away with hard work, let's play the lottery to get rich. Right? And that's, that's what they're teaching people by saying, hey, play the lottery and invest in schools and everything else. Number seven, lottery, lottery creates a new generation of gamblers. Some who begin with the lottery will eventually become compulsive gamblers. And uh, it may start small, buying a dollar, two dollar, five dollar lottery ticket, hoping to hit the state lottery big and whatever else, and they turn into compulsive gamblers. Number eight, lottery does not create new jobs for the state. Mostly, it's only in-state bureaucracy that's needed to run these lotteries that are in the state, and very little money actually makes it to the school. Um, if you knew the amount of money that was actually going to the school that they claim is, you know, the lotteries are funding, uh, it's, it's a joke. Senator Alexander Wiley of Wisconsin said this, the idea that legalized gambling will be a revenue generator is an illusion. Every dollar raised from such sources means $5 spent in higher police costs, high court costs, high penitentiary costs, high relief costs. So the money that's being generated by these lotteries for the state-funded programs is actually costing the state way more money than they're bringing in, but then it's also drawing all of this stuff away from the 
uh, parts of the economy that actually need that money to continue to generate real revenue. And then, number nine, the lottery thrives on greed. People are doing it not to help the schools. They're, they say that it helps the schools to help ease their conscience a little bit. They're not playing the lottery because, oh, well, I want to give money to the public school. They're playing the lottery because they're trying to get rich. And that is the only reason they're playing the lottery. They're appeasing their conscience by saying that they're trying to help the schools. But if you want to help the schools, then give money directly to the school. If you're so concerned about helping the school, why are you trying to get something out of it? You know? um, so, so the lottery thrives on greed. Let me give you a couple conclusions, and then we'll be finished. Number one, just because a state makes gambling or lottery legal or illegal does not mean that it's legal according to God's standards. I, I think I put illegal in there. I should have put legal. Just because a state makes gambling or lottery legal does not mean that it's legal according to God's standards. Um, there's, there's many things that the state says is okay that God says is not, right? Legalizing uh, gay marriage doesn't mean that gay marriage is suddenly okay in God's eyes, right? Legalizing any of these things that God says is, is not right does not make it right because the state says it's okay. So just because the state legalizes gambling does not mean that in God's eyes it's legal. Number two, many state leaders will testify that where gambling has been allowed, organized crime goes up, illegal gambling goes up, and state revenue goes down. Where gambling has been allowed, organized crime goes up, illegal gambling goes up, and state revenue goes down. It helps nobody. It helps nothing. Here's another thing. Gambling leads to broken homes. Over 20%. And, and I, don't, I mean, this, is, this study is, a, is 15 years old or so. It might be different now. And if it, if it is different, it's only gone up. But over 20% of spousal abuse in America is attributed to, to compulsive gambling. The husband spends most of the paycheck on the lottery. Uh, the wife is upset, the husband gets upset, an argument happens, and then it turns violent. And the next thing you know, the police are called, and the person has a, a criminal history, a criminal record for the rest of their life. Gambling leads to broken homes. Senator John Pastore said, it's one thing to enjoy recreation, it's quite another to stage something that bankrupts a family. And, and look, that's how the state is trying to portray gambling. Oh, it's just recreation. You can just go buy a lottery, play the lottery. Right? They try to portray it as all these different games. It's fun. But how is it fun if it's bankrupting a family? And that's exactly what the lottery does. Here's another. Capital letter D, number four. Can you picture Jesus standing in a casino rolling dice? Or can you see him using what little money he had on this earth to, to buy a lottery ticket? <laughs> and neither should his children if they're living for him. Um, Jesus didn't have a lot. Now, I don't think they had a lottery back in that day. Um, but can you see Jesus taking the little bit of money that he did have and go play the lottery, hoping to hit it big? You know, why would he not? Because it's not a wise use of your money, at the very least. But on top of that, it's not the love of money. You have food, you have raiment, be content. That's what he says. And so... You know, nothing wrong with trying to make yourself better. Nothing wrong with trying to get a better job and making more money. You're earning it. You're earning it. Gambling is trying to get something for nothing. Here's the last thing. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. The Bible's true. They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare 
and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Gambling is wrong, and Christians should always vote against legalizing it. They're, they try to portray, and we're done, but they try to portray this, you know, oh, well, if we legalize gambling, then think about the good that we can do in this community. They're trying to bring legalized gambling here. And we have a governor who is, who is so foolish with so many different things, but he's 100% in favor of legalizing any form of gambling in this state. And they've already done a lot of those different things. Um, but we should always vote against legalizing it because of the reasons that we talked about. Oh, think about all the money that it's going to generate. No, it's, it's taking that money out of the economy. It's creating a whole new class of poor people. And okay, maybe they'll build a nice building here or a nice building there. You're not benefiting the people who are being destroyed by the money that they're wasting in that casino. It's a tax on poor people, and it all revolves around the love of money. And the love of money is the root of what does the Bible say? All. all evil. I mean, that's, that's a strong statement if you really stop and think about it. The love of money is the root of all evil. Amen. But that's what happens. Power corrupts. And where does that power come from? It comes from those who have the money that put those people in that place. I mean, we could go on a long rabbit trail with that, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And that is the root of gambling, is the love of money. I'm trying to get rich quick. I'm trying to get something for nothing. And everybody, everybody is hurt in gambling. So we have a lot of Bible reasons. We gave you all those verses and things. But on top of all that, it's just, it's just foolish because it destroys, it destroys the, the, uh, the foundation and it destroys the framework of our family and our society and our country. And anytime we have the opportunity to do it, we ought to fight against it. We ought to fight against legalized gambling because it only brings problems um, and only brings destruction. All right. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you so much for how good you are to us. I thank you for the clarity that we have from the Word of God and for what we can gain from it. I pray that you'd help us as we go through these things on Sunday nights to determine. And some, some will be more uh, serious issues even than, than this idea of gambling. But, but these things are things that we for years have said that we're against. We need to know why we're against those things. So I pray that you'd make it clear to us as we go through these things from the Word of God what we believe and why we believe those things. And that you'd help us to stand strong on the truths that we find there in the Word of God. Pray that you'd help us this week to go and to be a witness for you, share the gospel for you. Thank you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen.